CBHDD is reminding people that the Georgia Crisis and Access Line can help those worried about opioid and stimulant misuse. The toll-free number is online and is active 24-7. More information at opioidresponse.info. From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Written more than 200 years ago, Jane Austen's novel Pride and Prejudice has been adapted in films, a wildly popular television series, and inspired horror novels, mysteries, gay, Amish, and fan fiction, YA novels, and even more movies, like Bridget Jones' Diary. The Darcy's are here. They brought Mark with them. You remember Mark? used to play in this paddling pool. He's a barrister, very well off. No, I don't remember. He's divorced, apparently. Who? Ding dong. A new novel called Unmarriageable sets the stinging social satire, memorable characters and plot in contemporary Pakistan, where marriages, as author Sonia Kamal puts it, continue to be arranged on the basis of convenience, pedigrees, and bank balances. Well, we are meeting some of the writers appearing at the upcoming Savannah Book Festival, and now Atlanta-based Sonia Kamal is among them. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Virginia. Well, thanks for being here. Pride and Prejudice was written in 1813. Now, this is when respectable English ladies didn't work, couldn't inherit property, and marriage involves strategic social engineering. Is that still true in Pakistan? Um, You know, uh, the last one very much is. Uh, Pakistani women are now highly accomplished. They're pilots, they're CEOs, they're doing so much around the world. One of the most um, famous, popular Pakistani women, which we are all aware of, I'm sure, is Malala Yousafzai, Nobel Prize winner. So as you can see, Pakistani women have come a long way from the Regency era. However, um, that very last um contingent about um, social status, um, class, that still remains pretty applicable. Right. And this book is set, it has scenes in Lahore and Karachi and Islamabad. The the Binat family live in this kind of fictional backwater town. This is set in 2000. Why 2000? To 2000 and 2001. And um, as, as you know, this is, um, having read it, this is a parallel retelling. Mm-hmm. So I, I very much wanted to hit all the plot points and where the originality, I hope, comes in is in the character development, etc. Et so because I go, um, I talk more about um, my Charlotte Lucas, my mm-hmm. Mr. Collins. We see a lot of the characters developed and stuff. But as well as a parallel retelling plot wise, I also very much wanted to touch on other things Austin does. So Austin is often held up to not being, to not having incorporated the greater things going on in her world at that time, such as the Napoleonic Wars. You know, Austin had brothers who were in the Navy. Um, she, uh, she had a cousin, Eliza, who was married, married to a French aristocrat and um, he was guillotined. So she was very aware of the world around her. Um, so the reason I said it in my, uh, unmarriageable in 2000, 2001 was I wanted to give contemporary readers a taste of, um, as we all know, in 2001, a pretty big world event took place. And one of the sections in unmarriageable literally ends at August 2001. And I'm thinking a reader uh, will now expect a certain thing to happen. And, you know, it doesn't. Mm. And I wanted to sort of mirror and parallel once again that Austin did not necessarily uh, bring the larger world events into her work, but they were hinted at. They were definitely there. For instance, in Pride and Prejudice, the militia is there. Wickham, etc. They're you know, they're part of the, the army. So, um, so yeah, it was, uh, I, I tried to do as much paralleling as I could. 
Well, there is a very 2,000 characters, a gay character. There's an interracial <laughs> romance, yes. premarital pregnancies, gossip magazines. Some of them actually smoke, some of the characters. Oh, yeah. But this is also a story. Pakistani of- women smoke. I mean, it's um, it's 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 still quite frowned upon per se. But you know, um, we do what we have to do, and people can keep frowning. After all, you know, we're Pakistan. We're we're a modern country, and. Yeah, women do smoke. And the, the lead character, the Elizabeth Bennett character, is called Alisba Binat. And uh, there, there, there's so many strains in here. You know, we get class, we get religion, we get the vestiges of colonialism and the need for girls' education. And she's teaching high school and she's endeavoring to get girls to push beyond thinking about their roles of just wife and mother. So how does she try to get them to think differently? You know, I will, I will answer this question by returning to the smoking for a second. This novel, Unmarriageable, and neither do I advocate smoking in any way, shape, and form. It's just that as, we, as we've seen in a lot of popular culture, in movies, in a lot of... Um, especially in the, you know, smoking was one of the few things which was frowned for women to do in a lot of different countries and cultures. Um, it's, it's very acceptable for men to smoke. So often women would take up smoking as Betty Davis, for instance, you know, some of her smoking scenes are very, they're, they're very much part of rebellion and, and being a bold woman who will do what a man does, and and my reason for bringing smoking in uh, into unmarriageable is definitely not to advocate for it, mm-hmm. but but to ju- it's 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 still very much frowned upon in many respects in Pakistan. So it's basically to sh- to just shows a, a certain characterization, but you know so in the same. Um, Respect. Uh, my Elizabeth Bennett, Alice Bennett, teaches. She's a school teacher. She teaches English literature, and she's uh, the small town, the fictional town I created, the Lipabad. The girls over there tend to. They come from feudal families. They come from families where marriage is definitely the end all and be all, and they're encouraged to get married young. And and as we see in the novel, in the opening chapter, a lot of the girls definitely do want to get married. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is not a book. Unmarriageable is certainly not a book against marriage. Um, at all, but it is a book which questions cultures where mar- where there is an intense pressure to get married, and whether that pressure really leads to your being your your most your best self, mm. um, especially if you get married young. Um, you know, do you have you really seen enough of the world yet to know not just that you want to get married, but perhaps who you want to get married? to? Although you know, in in, in still cultures where arranged marriage marriages are the norm. Um, but, but, you know, people do choose each other. I mean, we have a certain sense of arranged marriage being a forced marriage where, you know, you just have to get married. Uh, there's no single story in Pakistan. Pakistan, uh, you know, your one's Pakistan is very much determined for, uh, by the class they are born into there, as well as um, the family they belong to within that class. So you can be very rich and nevertheless have certain uh, con- constraints um, put set upon you and, and you can be not that rich and yet be very progressive in your outlook in life. So it depends, you know, once again, no single story in Pakistan. And I tried to show as many stories as I could in Unmarriageable through the Bennett sisters, my five sisters, the students that Alice has through Charlotte Lucas, who is my Sherry Lucas mm-hmm. in the novel. So and The best ha- friend. The best friend. Yes, the best friend, a very fleshed out best friend. Yeah. Charlotte Lucas is, is, I have to say, in all of Austin's oeuvre, my favorite character. So... 
My guest is Sonia Kamal. She's author of Unmarriageable. It's a novel described as Pride and Prejudice in Pakistan, and she's among the authors who are going to be at the Savannah Book Festival in February. Well, it is actually wonderfully meta also. She's <laughs> teaching her students Pride and Prejudice. Now, she herself is a woman of 31 in a society that assumes a single woman couldn't possibly be happy, including <laughs> her students, you know. And they call her unmarriageable. She points out that she's single. What's right. the difference? There. Um, unmarriageable is is the label that society and people give you for why they think you are not getting married. And single is very much a choice you decide for yourself that you want your status to be. Right. Well, we learn a lot about Pakistan culture and history. Uh, we get the clothing and food and the expressions, uh, verbal expressions. Uh, the, the novel Film Stars and Entrepreneurs take place of the kind of English aristocracy <laughs> in the book. And instead of grand balls, we have this elaborate three-part wedding unfolding in the book. Did you feel, Sonia, that you needed to educate American readers? Oh, absolutely not. I wrote the novel I wanted to write. Um, this, is, this is a novel that I hope um, resonates with any everyone from everywhere, uh, for Pakistanis, for Americans, for for Nigerians, for everyone, everyone around the world, for for people from Norway. So no, it it definitely was not written. And I think no writer worth their salt writes for any audience in particular. They write for themselves. Um, you know, so yeah, no, this is not a book to educate anyone. If anyone gets educated about Pakistan, which which often, I mean, let's be honest, sometimes the only window uh, people have to a certain country and culture is through news headlines, and those news head news headlines obviously do not give you a three sixty degree picture of any one country or culture. I remember growing up um, when I was in Pakistan back in the day. Um, you know, a lot of times what we would see on TV would be soap operas like Bold and Beautiful and um, Baywatch. And, you know, so, so I, you know, it would be very unfair for people to think that the entirety of America is women running around on beaches and, and you know, in, in soap operas like Bold and Beautiful, everyone constantly hooking up. So, so, you know, so it's the same thing with Pakistan. You know, what we see sometimes through the news and stuff is very much just one a certain perspective. And I'm hoping that um, uh, Unmarriageable can definitely, uh, you know, offer a bigger picture of what Pakistan and Pakistani culture is because it's vibrant. It's wonderful. It's modern. It's there's a lot more going on than when we see on the news. Well, in addition to headlines, we also get uh, literature, you know, the books of places. And this is an ongoing conversation in yes. your novel about the universal language of literature, you know, of Charles Dickens and Virginia Woolf and, Flann and Flannery O'Connor, all of whom write in English. And this is tied with this complicated legacy of colonialism. Like you grow up reading those books if you go to a good, proper school. Is this something that you have wrestled with? Oh, um, absolutely, in in many respects. I mean, I grew up in what is known as the English medium system, so my education was in English, and um, I uh, was a student of British, British literature, so everything I read was pretty much British literature. Um, I came very late to uh, literature of Pakistan, indigenous literature, and I'm very much dependent on translations, per se, because um, English is the language I was schooled in and taught. Um, so part one of the one of my big uh, I wanted to be able, you know, with we are a post-colonial 
country, Pakistan, as it came, became a sovereign nation in 1947. Um, that said, the legacy of colonialism no, it, it still lingers in countries where, you know, the British Empire, any empire happens to decide that they own it. So language is one of the ways that... Um, you know, the British are still pretty much in Pakistan. But, you know, one of the questions I definitely wanted to wrestle with, and I and I say, and one of the uh, conversations that my uh, um, Elizabeth Bennett and Mr. Darcy, who mm -hmm. is named Valentine, and Valentine's Day is coming up, but, um, but you know, having the novel is how do, do we... If you are a post-colonial nation, what do you do with the vestiges of colony? You know, do you do you just uh, do you try to erase them completely? Do you try to incorporate them in your uh, in your future? What do you do with them? And um, and I hope I've been able to answer them to some in some way, shape, or form in well, the novel. And you certainly incorporated, you know, a beloved <laughs> story. Yeah, and you know, um, you brought up the books. There, there is a conversation in the novel very much. With, with I've I've mentioned a lot of novels and books in the um, in Unmarriageable. Um, Toni Morrison comes up mm -hmm. in one of the Jamaica dialogues. Kincaid, Jamaica Kincaid, yes, um, you know a lot of Pakistani authors. Um, Ismat Chukdai, Manto Atia Hossein. Um, you know, so I tried to give a huge overview of a lot of different Flannery O'Connor. Um, but you know, uh, like like one of the con uh, de, de conversations in Unmarriageable is one uh, two of the characters are trying to impress Mr. Valentine Darcy hoping that he'll marry them and um, you know they're trying to show off but he's into books and stuff and they're trying to show off or he owns the school system that I talk about in Unmarriageable and they're they're showing off about their so-called knowledge of international literature so one of them says to, to, to Alice that oh yes and you assigned this book called um, uh, the, the Blackest Eye and then her sister says no it was the Bluest Eye and you know so there's a play there about um you know, post-colonialism or what what it means to be a minority culture. And, um, you know, these this The Bluest Eyes by Toni Morrison and, and the hints, a lot of the hints about the post-coloniality that I have tried to highlight in Unmarriageable definitely are come through in the novels that I've mentioned. You know, you bought up Jamaica Kincaid and um, yeah. So. It's, it's a fascinating and wonderful book. And I want to thank you, Sonia Kamal. Thank you so much for having me. She's author of Unmarriageable, one of the authors appearing at the upcoming Savannah Book Festival, February 15th through 17th. And you'll be hearing more on this series and on Second Thought. Back after a break, On Second Thought's going to continue.